Turn over to Colossians, and we're going to continue on with that. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, actually. So Colossians is a, what I call a, a kind of a meat and potatoes book. Because it's real, it, it gives you the, the information you need and how to, how to live it out in your life. And of course I think all of them do. But it's really pretty simple laid out in Colossians. And Colossians, uh, this church at Colossae, Paul had never seen. And yet he's heard about them from, uh, I think it's Epaphroditus here in chapter 1. And so he's got kind of the inside scoop of this church. And so I'm thinking that this book is catered specifically to that church and the problems they're going through. And that's why we're seeing all these things pop out that he's telling them to beware of. Because the number one things that he's concerned about this church is he doesn't want them to go off the wheels or the rails, or whatever you want to call them. I mean, he doesn't want this church to go AWOL. And he would love to get there and to see them personally and just give them some more Bible, and yet he has he's in jail. <laughs> so he can't do that yet. And so he's writing them this letter. And you can just kind of feel the the compassion that he has to this church and what he writes to them. And so when we start picking these things apart... Uh, we're realizing, hey, this church has some issues going on and Paul's trying to address them. And uh, he's really concerned about them. So I want to go ahead and read chapter 2, 1 through 10. And we're going to review real quickly and then we're going to end with our lesson today. So chapter 2, verse 1 says, For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you. So what he has a conflict for this church. He has a fear for them. And what is that fear? Again, that they go AWOL. That somebody comes in and gets their, get them all switched around and away from Christ. That's his conflict. That's his fear that's going to happen. And he goes, and also for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Now, I'm sure Brian Hedges would take that one, that one verse right there. He could probably preach a year on it. It is so packed full of stuff. Yeah. I could probably do two weeks, maybe. But, <laughs> but I mean, you could. It's just packed full of stuff. And I know if you're like me, a lot of times you'll read through stuff, and it's like, wait a minute, do you know what you just read? And I mean, there is a lot here. So. You know, that's why you guys are so good because you can take our notes, you can take things home, and then when you've got all that time at home, you can study things out yourself, right? Uh, and you're saying, oh yes, Bob, that's what I wanted to hear, and I didn't hear that. But oh well. Verse 3. It says, in whom Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him, who's him? Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and ye are complete in him, which is who again? Christ. 
okay, which is the head of all principality and power. So, real quickly, review. Paul warned the church at Colossae to be aware of man's enticing words. Now, what, what, if you were going to define man's enticing words, what would you say? How, how would you define it? Man's enticing words. Okay. Smooth talk. That's what I'm going to... I'll just cut straight to the chase. Okay? Smooth talk. You know, like like salesmen. Yeah. You know, they're really smooth. A lot of them are. Now, some of them may not be, but, you know. And it's like, I don't know about you, but I just I just don't like salesmen. <laughs> Hopefully nobody in here is a salesman, but I'm like, and I know we need salesmen, but I'm like, a lot of them are like, just whatever it takes to get the sale, right? And so, Paul warns the church at Colossae to be aware of man's enticing words, and then man's philosophy. So what did we say man's, what is philosophy? Man's what? Man's wisdom. That's what I'm looking for. You could put man's knowledge. They all fit right in there. So he says, watch out for man's smooth talk, man's wisdom. Oh, it's starting to sound like a story I read about once back in Genesis 3. Wasn't there a smooth talker there? Wasn't he talking about wisdom and knowledge? Okay. And then man's vain deceit. What is deceit? Or what is, yeah, deceit is what? It's lies. It's deception. So he's painting a picture here. Okay. And then after the man's rudiments, which were man's teachings. Okay. Traditions. Principles. All of those fit in there. Oh, I skipped traditions, didn't I? What is a tradition? Remember I defined it from the Bible a week or two ago? You missed that one? Uh, Paul defines a tradition as religion or religion as a tradition. He interchanges the words. So, uh, we'll just put religion. Man's religion. Remember, uh, Jesus, he was always being, uh, attacked by the, the Pharisees and all that because of all the things he was doing and he's, mm-hmm. and they, he wasn't doing them like they said, like, like, uh, the rule said. And he goes, that's not in the law. That was, that's man's traditions. He gave them the law. <laughs> yeah, he gave them the law, but they added uh, all this stuff to it, right? And so, so he says, beware of all this. And not, he goes, because basically this group is going to go up versus Christ. So everything on this list is against Christ. You got, you got man's smooth talk, his philosophy, his deceit, the traditions, the religions, and his teachings and principles. And when you think about it, it's all that or it's Christ. And so you have these people go, oh, well, you know, these Greek philosophers, you know, they, they're the ones that you got, we have to go to to get truth. What's our Bible say? God's word is truth. 
And so I, you know, like Socrates, and now Socrates, you know, he's, he's so, so smart. He's got so much wisdom in him, right? And what was the other Greek guy that they talk about all the time? Plato. Plato. Now, I've never had a hard time thinking that Plato is full of wisdom and knowledge. Just because it reminds me of a children's game. It's not really a game where they're playing with clay. Plato. <laughs> Even though it's spelled differently, I'm like, every time I've ever thought of Plato, I'm, my mind automatically goes to, no, play, you know, some guy getting the clay out. But that's just my pet peeve. But anyway, so you got the world's wisdom basically against Christ and His wisdom. That's what he's saying. Beware of the world's wisdom and not after Christ's wisdom. And that's what we kind of been looking at. And so, um, the Bible tells us here, specifically in Colossians, that we are complete in Christ. We don't need anything else. And so when, you know, that's, that's a thing that's going on in the churches today. Well, we've got to add some things to that. You need to add things to the Word of God because, you know, uh, number one, a few years ago, I, I heard this in, in, the, in, in the church I was attending. People won't sit still for an hour to listen to a message. They just can't do it. So make the messages 20 minutes long. Well, things have changed in the world since Christ wrote the Bible. Yeah. You know. Our attention spans just won't do it. With the computers and all the stuff that goes on, you you can't hold their attention span for longer than 20 minutes. So make all your mess. And that was kind of a fad that was going across a lot of the Bible, even Bible-believing churches. And I'm like, where do they come up with that? My gosh. I know, I know, I mean... I hear people now, uh, and the Pekitricks aren't here today, so I'll pick on them. They moved to South Carolina. They were trying to find a church after coming here. And he, and he, and for like a year, it's like they were looking and looking and looking and looking. And he goes, every church we ever go into, they sing about 30 minutes. The pastor comes up for about 15 to 20 minutes and does a message. And, that's it. They're wrapping up. And I'm like, we're sitting there in the chair and we're like, this is it? That's all of it? I mean, we're just getting warmed up. That's not even our old pastor's introduction. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. These, And then you see all these fads and everything else that you want to put in, that, that purpose-driven stuff that I'm on tape now, so i got to watch it. But all that stuff that has come through the church, it's always a new fad. Whatever it takes... To keep people in the church. No. We don't need anything. Just stick with God's wisdom or Christ's wisdom. Stick with God's Word. What's that, Roger? A good coffee bar. Yeah, we talked about that, didn't we? Uh, yes. you got to have donuts and with donuts. With donuts. Oh, yeah. But, but that's actually what men's breakfast is for. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you will be heard. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's just a perk. We come for the Bible, and then we get the perks. But you know, oh well. Okay, so <laughs> so we are complete. He's trying to pound this in their head. You are complete in Christ, guys. You need nothing else, nothing. And even today, think about it. 
we got all these churches out here that says, well, you got to speak in tongues to be saved on top of your salvation. And if you don't, then then you're probably not really saved. Well, that's not what my Bible says. Or maybe you got to wear certain clothes. You know, oh, you're, you're not you're not godly. You're not wearing the right clothes. Really? <laughs> Where do you get that at? Um, there are certain people that that they think it's godly to not. Do all this, but you gotta, you, you can't drive cars, you gotta have buggies, horse and buggies. The Amish group, you know. And then you, and then you got the Mennonites, which is a step up. You can drive a car, but it's gotta be black. And you have to wear your, well, you have to wear the dress or the You have to have the bonnet, and you have to have the dress, and you gotta, you know, wear whatever. Things they add to it. That's all man's things, right? Yeah. And, and, and this used to crack me up because my grandparents lived down in the country, middle of Missouri, and there was Amish and Mennonites around them. And I remember at times seeing Mennonites driving. A, they'd buy a new. They wouldn't buy a new car. It'd be a used car, but they'd buy one, and it'd be different colors. It'd be white, beige, you know, green, whatever. Within about a week, you'd see the same car painted black, mm-hmm. including the bumpers. I mean, they painted all the chrome. If it had chrome on it, you had a week or two weeks, I don't know how long, but you had to get that thing painted black or you're not in. Where do they, where does that come from? I mean, that's just crazy. Or you would see a, a tractor at that point. You'd see a new tractor with steel wheels on it and you're like, I saw steel wheels on a, in a, you know, a movie about 1890 or 1920 or something. They'd buy a new tractor, but, the tractor's okay, but you gotta have steel wheels on it. I mean, do you see how crazy this stuff is? Yeah. And I saw that as a kid and I'm looking at these people and I'm like, they're whacked. I mean, they are, they were whacked. But that's just kind of the wacko group. There's still others. It's just a stupid observation, but the Rolling Stones have a song called Painted Black. Do they? And they also had a concert tour a few years ago called Steel Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to tell people, you know, this one this one band used to do this, and it's ZZ Top, and they go, ZZ Top? And I go, yeah, they were an Amish rock and roll band. They wouldn't know, I mean, they didn't know who they were, and I'm like, and then, and then they'd find out, and they go, no, they wasn't Amish. <laughs> they looked Amish, black glasses, black clothes, long beards, I mean, I didn't know what they were driving, but uh, anyway, okay, back on track. So, so today we're going to look at the rest of this chapter. And we're going to be looking at the awesome things that Christ does for us or gives us and, and kind of versus against what the world does for us. The world will just spit you up and, 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 you know, chew you up and spit you out. Thank you. But God doesn't do that. Christ doesn't do that. I mean, uh, you know, you deal with somebody that's, uh, um, there's a guy that's on YouTube and, he, and I think his name is Ray Comfort. You guys just watch any of his stuff? Now that guy is sharp. He knows his Bible. He knows how to talk to people. And, and so I like people like that and they, not just confronting people, but, you know, working with people. And then I heard this one guy similar to Ray Comfort once and he was asking this guy, he goes, you know what? Let me tell you about what my guy did for me. He died for me. 
You know, he was buried and he rose again. He's given me, and he's just—he's given me eternal life. He's given—he's forgiven my sins. What's your God done for you lately? And the guy was a Muslim, I think, and I'm like, and none of them have anything. Yeah. They don't have anything because their God doesn't do anything for them. They have to do things for their God. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, they bop them on the head like those games at Worlds of Fun. You know, they stick their head up, and man, he just bops them back down. Our God is so loving and so good. I mean, just think about what He does for us. And yet, people still reject it, which blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I'll keep going. I'll be out of time. But anyway, so uh, chapter uh, 2, let's, ver- let's start in verse 10. We'll read down and we'll back up. It says, And as ye are complete in Him. Again, that's why I make a big deal about in Him. When we are in Christ, we are a new creature. We are in Christ's body, he is, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, where, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath dealt, who hath raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins, the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Yay! I mean, think about this. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore, because of all this, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. And if you're taking notes, that will come back in the millennium when it says that these are a shadow of things to come. Different dispensation, but they're not for us. Okay, But the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you or trick you of your reward in voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head, from which all the body by the joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are you subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, and not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. So again, there's a lot in that too. So I'll try to unpack some of it this morning. Uh, So number one on your handout says, when we accept Christ, He puts us or He hides us in His body. We are complete. Complete goes in your blank. In Him. So circle in Him. Now think about that. We are in Christ and Christ is in us. He puts us in His body. We are joined with Christ. Now, is there anybody else in the universe that you'd rather be joined with? Man, He is God. He has adopted us. He's put us into His family. We are in 
Christ. And that's kind of hard to understand. I don't even get the full grasp of that. You guys might. I'm telling you right up the front. I don't get it all. Okay? There is so much that we just don't quite grab or understand. And maybe our minds won't let us. I don't know. It's kind of like a, a mystery. It's there, but we just aren't grabbing it because, you know, we're from Missouri and we got to see it. Until we actually see it, I would imagine once we are out of here and we're raptured out or we go meet the Lord, then all of a sudden we're going to go, oh my, I just didn't even realize the grandeur, the glory, the gifts, and everything that He has done for us until now. I mean, I just, I can just imagine that. But when we accept Christ, He puts us in Himself. Okay? And of course, go back to D1 when, you know, uh, Nobody can take us away from Him. We're in Christ. We are complete in Him. Uh, A says, we have been circumcised. And again, now there's people that blow their mind when they read this. I mean, unless you have a good Bible-believing church that breaks it down, most people have no idea what this means. Okay, We've been circumcised. So our body has been cut loose from our soul when we accept Christ. Now, some people you say that to and they will look at you like you have four heads. Because God does an op- Christ performs an operation on us. In fact, it even says so in the passage that we've been operated on. He has cut our soul loose from our flesh or our body. Okay? B says we have been buried. So first blank was circumcised. Second blank is buried. We've been buried with Him in baptism. And we've been raised with Him at His resurrection. Do you notice whose cross did it say that I read here just a minute ago? Uh, where was that at about the cross? Verse 14 says, Blotting out the handwriting. This is what He's done for us. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to our cross. That's not what it says, is it? It's His cross. He's the one that did it. Okay? And you hear people say, well, you gotta grab your cross and, and, and follow Christ. I don't know how technical correct that is. I gotta go back and study that now. It just hit me. Because it's His. Well, yeah, I see that. And let me even, does it say that in the Bible? I might, I'm, I gotta go back and look at that now. Because it's not us. It was Him. He's the one that did it. It's His cross. Okay? So, we have been buried with Him in baptism. We have been raised with Him at His resurrection. And we have been quickened. So, D, your blank is quickened. And quickened means what? Made alive. Made alive. Okay. We have been made quickened with Him or in Him. And our sins have been blotted out. Wiped out. They've been paid for on top of that. Not just blotted out, but here it's talking about being blotted out. And F says, Christ has triumphed over His and our enemies. So let's just look at this a little bit. Our soul's been cut loose from our flesh. Our soul is now saved. Our spirit is born again. We've been justified. We've been adopted into Christ's family. And we've been spiritually baptized into Christ's body. We are a complete new creature when we accept Christ. When I was 10 years old and I accepted Christ as my Savior, I had no idea of all that. All I knew was, if I accept Christ, I'm going to escape hell because Christ paid for my sins and I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. 
But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Was I saved? Yeah. Did I understand? No. And we'll, and I think we'll just keep going up with that level of knowledge. The more we study our work, Bible and the more, and when we do meet God or Christ. So we are a new creature and we are in Christ. And that's what he's trying to really point out to these people. Guys, you are in Christ. There's nowhere else. And if Christ has all the knowledge and wisdom and truth in the world, you don't need it from anybody else. Okay? And so when that serpent comes, or that person comes along (laughs) and tries to entice you with their words, you say, nope, I gave it to office. No, you know, that doesn't, I have something better. Because I'm in Christ. I have Christ. Okay? So he's trying to tell them, guys, don't get caught up in all a man's stuff because they'll get you off track. You've got to stay in Christ. And I'll point out why that's important here in just a minute. Number two, when we accept Christ, we're no longer, or not any longer under the law, L-A-W, the law goes in your blank, or man's traditions. Because that's what most, um, I'll just say churches or religions try to get you to do. You know, the Church of Christ will want you to be baptized or you're not saved. Mm-hmm. They'll try to get you to do something to earn your salvation and all of that is hogwash because Christ paid it all. It's by faith, right? And so when we accept Christ, we're no longer under the law or man's traditions. And uh, A says, in respect of what we eat or drink. See, that made a big deal. Remember in the Old Testament, it was a big deal about, oh, is that, um, you got to watch the meat you eat because if it's offered to idols, can't do it. And then Paul goes, hey, if, if that bothers your conscience, then don't do it. But honestly, it shouldn't because it's just meat. Okay. And so, I mean, we don't think about that today. But uh, I'm more worried about if it really is meat than if it's... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to have a kit or something. Is, 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 this, is this hamburger really beef? I was kind of worried about... Didn't he uh, have a, a, a time there where he was eating pork? Who's that? Peter. Yeah, he had, a t- he had trouble with that. Yeah, because when... The Jews yeah. tried to condemn him for it. Because when he... When he well, they may have, but when he got to Antioch, Paul went to him and says, "Hey, man, we're having barbecue today, and you're, and you're not eating, and you were oh, but you had been eating it. But when the guys from uh, Jerusalem showed up, then you stopped. So, uh, what you know, what's the deal going on here? And that's kind of how it goes, I think, with a lot of Jewish people today. They're not supposed to eat pork, but if nobody, none of their friends around, I guarantee you, they'll be eating it, especially good barbecue." Really? Okay. They've adopted some of that Old Testament law. Yeah. Okay. But it's not just them. It's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. You got to do that. You got to be in our club. You got to go by our rules on top of accepting Christ as your Savior. And he's saying, no, 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 no. Because all that's going to bring you down instead of bringing you up. So, uh, we're not, we're not under the law by our traditions and what we eat, what we drink, by uh, or respecting of holy days or new moons or the Sabbath days. You know, when I was a kid, my dad, my grandfather lived on a farm and he had a he had an MFA calendar. Mm-hmm. 
And he almost did everything according to what that calendar said, according to the moon phase, whether it was working on the steers, whether it was vaccinating, whether it was planting, whether, I mean, whatever, what, you know, and I would look at it and I'm like, I could care stinking less. Had to have days on there where you could fish and days that were not good at fishing. I didn't care. I, but my grandfather pretty well stayed with it. In fact, my grandfather even would witch water. Now, the more I think about it, I'm thinking, I thought my grandfather was a pretty decent guy. And now I'm kind of thinking he's kind of satanic. He was going after the traditions of the world. That's not biblical. Yeah. You know, and I, and people would look at, or tell you, oh, my, my grandfather, I don't know, I really don't know if he was a Christian. But, you know, he wasn't a bad guy. He's a, he's a good moral guy. And, uh, uh, but, when you look at some of the things he did, I'm like, he's he's following after the wrong traditions here. So, um, yeah, so where were we? Back on number three, on the back of, of page two, or on page two. It says, since we are in Christ, we are to guard our walk and our rewards. Now, this is huge, guys, and this is the one I want to throw out today. Why is this such a big deal if we do this? Well, let's just say, let's just say I start doing that. I'm like, well, I'm going to get my zodiac map out, and I'm like, I don't do anything if it says not to do it. I'm not planting lettuce if it says not to plant. I'm not doing this. I'm, and I start observing those things. What's it going to do for me? Or to me? It's going to lead me away. It's going to make my walk ineffective. Mm -hmm. And it's going to hurt me when I stand before Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. So it's a whole new take on this now. So we have to think about if I do this, is that going to affect my testimony? Now that's pretty well given. You guys are all probably been in that boat. You're, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to go out drinking because it's going to affect my testimony. Okay. Now I'm not all against drinking, but I. I mean, as a pastor, I should not drink. That doesn't mean you can't drink. But at the same time, you're like, hey, I see what it does. I've seen people. What, how it affects families, how it destroys lives. I don't want to be a part of it. If you do drink, hey, it's not a big deal, but you better watch how you do it. And that cause someone to stumble. Yes. Yeah. So you might say, you know what, I don't want to drink because it would hurt my testimony. Okay. But we got to go a step farther than that. How's this going to hurt my testimony when I stand before Christ? That's the one we need to worry about. And I think we forget that. I think we all worry about, well, if, if I, if I cuss or I do this or, or something happens and, and I have a bad influence on people, that's going to hurt my testimony. But we also need to think about how's it going to affect my rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. And that's what I think he's trying to tell them here. He's like, guys, don't do anything that's going to affect your, your relationship with Christ your testimony, or when you stand before Christ uh, for the judgment and rewards. So since we are in Christ, we are to guard our walk and our rewards. And then it says, by not worshiping angels or the spiritual world. Now think about that. Is that, is that going to help you out if you start worshiping angels? No. It's, it's, number one, it's a bad testimony. It's a sin. It's, a sin. it's, it's against God's Word. And so why in the world? And you know, some people are all hung up on the angels. Yeah. I mean, I've never. I mean, angels. Well, number one, they got they got they got all these angels all over. Have you ever heard of people having angels all over their house? Yeah. Well, angels actually are in the Bible look like men, so they would all look like men. Well, they were created. But they have these little angels, and I'm like, number one, you're worshiping something as a fairy tale, mm -hmm. and number two, what's really behind that? 
Okay? And so, uh, so we are not to worship angels or the spiritual world. We're not to follow the rudiments or the teachings of the world. Not even if everybody else is doing it. Well, all these other churches are doing it. The, the nearest fad now is doing this or doing that. Hey, that's man's wisdom. That's not God's. And see, by not adhering or honoring the flesh. In other words, doing something to your flesh to make you right with God. Now, the certain Catholic group likes to do this. It's called Opus Dei. Have you guys heard of them? The group? The Opus Dei group? What do they do, Shannon? They flog themselves. They take a chain or something and beat themselves and they think that that's going to make them more spiritual because they're suffering and they're doing this for Christ. Not according to the Bible. That's all, that's all bad stuff. Um, or anything. Martin Luther, you know, he, he's full-blown Catholic. He's, he's at Rome. He is going up and down the steps in front of the Vatican. I think they had the Vatican at that point. Till his knees were bloody. And he figured it out. You don't get righteous with God by doing penance. You get righteous with God by accepting Him by faith. Mm-hmm. And he's like, forget that. And then it was a holy war against the Catholics from then on because he figured it out. It's not by doing stuff. It's by faith alone. And yet these guys want you to do something. And they want you to start doing this. Uh, anything that, that's with your flesh, anything else, something else that takes you away from Christ. Okay. Um, so, i got just a couple minutes left. And so, let me tell you where, what's going on in the world today, which I really have to tell you because I think you guys are probably on track. Cleaning next week, 7.15. And I'm on tape, so I don't care. Uh, There's a a group out there that is is basically woke or bad, and it's it's called by like four letters, right? You know, which group is that? So I'm going to have one of you guys tell me what's what's the letters that goes by. You see it in the news, you see it in LGBT. LGBT. LGBTQ, uh, they added a couple more letters last week, they said. Guess what they added? P and S. P and S. What's S stand for? Satanism. Well, there's a couple more they added just like here. just. Okay, now let me tell you, it's nothing but a, I should have read it the other way, it's nothing but a downward spiral because it just takes you straight to Satanism. All this stuff, it's just a gateway. To get there step by step. So I throw that all out there because basically what I see happening in our world is false religion, false religions, which I think all religion is false. So, um, religious activity, false activity is on the rise. It's absolutely on the rise. And let me just say this, all the religions of the Old Testament are coming back as if they never had left. People are beginning, we'll get to the point where they are worshiping them openly in our society. It's there. California just passed some sort of a law where you can uh, abort your child 28 days after you're born. Wow. It's it's there. I mean, so it's all satanic. So anything you add with Christ or... And again... This group's been satanic all along, but but when the church starts getting involved in any of this, 
they're going down. Okay, so the LGBT group just got changed. Uh, all roads basically lead where? Rome. Okay, they lead to Rome. Where does Rome lead to? Hell. Well, not quite yet, but you're getting there. So you're jumping the gun, Roger. All roads lead to Rome, and then Rome leads to who's an old group that's a religious group? Who, who do you see in Revelation 17? Oh, Mystery Babylon. So all roads lead to Rome. Rome leads to Babylon. Babylon leads to Satanism. And Satanism leads you where? Straight to hell and the lake of fire. It's a downward spiral. And we're seeing it in our society at, at the first, at the first of this, okay? The, the use of worshiping false religions is on the rise. Um, all the all the worship of false gods we see in the Bible is coming back. If you would have told me that ten years ago, I would see that in the next few years. I would have called you a liar. Mm-hmm. But it's coming. Yeah. So I just want you guys to be aware of it. Um, and they so, and they don't even want to hear what you have to say no. if you don't believe what they believe. Yeah. Okay. So, so my point is, we cannot get persuaded by it. We don't want to partake of it, number one. I don't think we will, but we don't want to be tolerant of it either. Okay? So, Christ is enough. Because everything else outside of Christ, all those things we looked at today, will take you down this path. That's my point I'm trying to bring out. All the, all the enticing words, philosophy, man's deceit, all that is just a gateway on the way down. And we're seeing the end of it with false gods, false religion, false idols, false, uh, Molech. Um, right now, the, the guy that's, uh, what's the guy that's the president of the Ukraine? Zelensky. Zelensky. I don't know if I've told any of you this, but a lot of times he'll have an emblem on his clothes that he wears. Mm-hmm. It's an emblem of Molech. The false god that they were worshiping in the Old Testament where they would pass their kids through the fire. Mm-hmm. And it's a big deal with them. And so what do you think they're doing in the Ukraine? I'll give you a hint. Go back and see what they were doing then. And that's what they're doing now. So, stick with Christ. Man's ways and his wisdom seem to be right. But they're really Satan's. Because Satan is telling the man how to do all the things that are going on. And we don't want to be deceived. So, the Bible tells us in Proverbs... I don't think I put it in my notes. Um, If I did, I put it on my wrong notes. Oh, Proverbs 14.12 says there's a and Proverbs 16:5 talk about uh, there's a way that seems right to man but the ways therein are the ways of what death Yes Roger I wanted to mention a verse that applied there to start you're talking about man's wisdom 1 Corinthians 3:19 Okay what does that say Okay, uh, turn over, that's a good one. Turn over to Proverbs 14.12, and I've got to hurry up and get out of here. Proverbs 14.12, and you'll see it in a couple other places in Proverbs. Proverbs 14.12 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's where if you do not know Christ, you, you'll think you're right. But it's going to end you straight now. It'll take you there. 
everybody did that right in their own eyes. You're right. So you'll see that there. You'll see it in Matthew. But we just got to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Another Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 verse. Trust in who? The Lord. So again, he's telling the church here, guys, don't let anybody come in and take anything away than what you've been taught in Christ because basically it all is going to take you straight to hell. There was a reason why he didn't want him to go that direction. And here's the sad part. I see that happening in our churches. Even our churches today. I see it in the society, but I even see the churches following it. And that's a sad state. But that's where we are. So we need to combat it. We need to just stay with Christ. He's enough. He's all we need. Uh, and if you just go back and look at what He's done for us, there is no reason to go anywhere else. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for uh, all the blessings that You have given us because You love us, because we are worth something for You, Lord. And we know that... that uh, uh, Satan and false religion that we, we're not worth anything to them. They just want to destroy us. And yet, Lord, you want to give us life. And you have given us life. And we thank you for that. I pray you give us the walk, the life, and the words that we need to share to other people so they would get out of the destruction and, and the downward spiral that they're in and they'll come to know you as Savior. So I pray for that. Pray for Brian as he preaches today. Give him the words to say, the illustrations, and the energy that he needs to, to get across your word to us. And we'll, we'll thank you and bless you for it. In Christ's name, amen. Kind of a sobering lesson. Well, I got into a discussion on Facebook.